I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up! This it's the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amston. And this is the Pac-12 Apostles. So, bunch of things to talk about today. Upsets and so many other crazy things that have gone on in the Pac-12 this week. But um, before we even get started, I wanted to just... Send some love to the people at the University of Virginia, anybody who knew them because these kids were from other places around the country. Uh, Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, who all were shot and killed by uh, a former Virginia football player um, on a charter bus after returning back from a class field trip. And uh, running back Mike Hollins as well, who uh, still remains hospitalized and is in serious condition as we speak right now. So, Ralph, th- this was something that before we even get into all the other stuff, like this was such a big deal. Because so many people like I, I woke up to that news. And it sucked and it was sad. I can't even imagine, dude, because you don't send your kid to college to for him to go get killed or her to go get killed. I mean, and, and it's not like they were out at four o'clock in the morning and they were doing something that was risky or dangerous. They were on a class field trip, bro. Like, that's the scary part is that you have no idea where the danger is. Yeah. And, and you know, nobody deserves any of this. And University of Utah went through absolute hell last year two separate incidences taking away the lives of two players who were friends, um, you know, and you can, you can mitigate risk and say like, well, don't go to a house party or don't handle a firearm. 
Um, but you know, nobody deserves anything that, 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 that happens to them, whether it's violent or accidental. Um, and those are great tragedies, but then you, you take away all of those factors of saying, well, you, you can't mitigate not participating in your own education. Yeah. You can't like it's and and so, uh, Chandler, the, the wide receiver from, um, Devin Chandler, uh, the wide receiver who was at Wisconsin for a year before transferring to Virginia. He's out. He's from out here in Charlotte, just north of Charlotte at Huff High School. Uh, And I know that, you know, that whole community is going through it as well as everybody um, who was involved. Virginia and Coastal Carolina canceled their game this weekend. I don't know how you could play. Uh, right. You know, the, the student newspaper had tweeted out that like, hey, you know, for our reporters who are are up to tackle this, you know, if you want to talk to them, great, but we're not going to pressure you. And then they're getting criticized by the Washington Post for not being hardcore journalists when their classmates were murdered. And it's just like, and I, I don't, you know, I just think we got to have some humanity here. And, and this stuff makes no sense. And I don't know what that player was going through the former Virginia player. I don't know what he was going through. that would make him want to murder a bunch of his former teammates, but um, you know, that's between him and God now and the justice system. And, and, and unfortunately there's a lot of families that are, that are going to have a lot of questions that never get answered. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of it just come back to the availability of firearms. It's never that simple. We want to make it one issue, but you know, Kids don't get killed by random bullets. You know, it takes a gun. And unless we're going to have an honest conversation uh, about about guns in America, where they come from, how easy they are to get, you know, I don't I don't know if we ever move the needle on any of this. But at the same time, you want to honor people's memory. And you, know, you hear people say all the time, like, it's not the time to talk about guns. Well, it's never going to be time to talk about guns because there's a shooting every 15 seconds. Yep. So. You know, I'm not saying take them away. I'm saying have an honest conversation amongst practical people to limit access to the things that are are, are taking the lives away of our young athletes, whether it's access yep. to them themselves or or for the purposes, you know, of committing crimes that people can never come back from. But it's it's a it's a rough day. Um going to be a rough week and uh and unfortunately feels like we deal with something like this every year yep and please know what what about is well what about the cars what about the planes like come on let's let's be real here people but anyways back to the pac-12 there was a morning in the pac-12 this last weekend and that was because upsets happened and there were teams that were appeared to be on the right path and they got upset. I would actually say uh, between Oregon and Washington, I'm sorry, between Oregon and UCLA, who both got upset. The bigger upset to me was UCLA because Arizona only has three wins. At least Washington was seven and two and ranked. So, and they have like the nation's leading passer. So uh, that one didn't feel as bad as the upset that happened to UCLA, which really both of those teams losing really sent the Pac-12 into a tailspin in terms of college football playoff opportunities. Has anybody ever offered you a job as like a Washington lobbyist? 
What do you mean? Because we're eight seconds into the like people that listen to this show, they want an opportunity to 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 see you be miserable, and instead they just got a huge dose of copium from the very beginning about how it's worse for UCLA than it is for <laughs> for Oregon. One week after one week after I admitted on this podcast that I did not envision Oregon losing to anybody uh, all season long. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta grieve, you gotta weep, you gotta what? gnash teeth, you gotta tear no. clothes. No, no. What did I be like? What? How embarrassing this is for Chip Kelly. <laughs> no, what? So what? What had I been saying all year about this Washington game? I believe you ended last year's or last week's podcast with "fuck the Huskies." Yes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that and that still stands. But <laughs> what did what did I say about Oregon's remaining schedule starting about like three three weeks ago? Which game was I most afraid of? I said Oregon State. You said Washington. Yes. Yeah, I was like, it's not even close. I was like, I'm more afraid of Washington than I am Utah. And Utah's a really good football team because styles make fights. And Oregon doesn't do two things well. They don't get a ton of pass rush, which which against Michael Penix Jr., you better be sitting in his lap. And number two, safety play hasn't been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like Oregon has been stiff against the run. No, no, no problems, no qualms there. But but when you just drop back and throw it every play, it's a problem, pal. It's a problem. And it there's was a, a third. Pro- there's a third Oregon weakness that we mentioned on this podcast repeatedly that actually came back to bite them for the first time. What is that? They don't score in the first quarter. Eh, that 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 doesn't bother me. It was not helpful in this loss against Washington where they had three points and then they marched all the way down the field and fumbled inside the five. Yeah. Not yeah, was, starting fast. The, a, a, yes. A yeah. 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 Because, game, because, this, because that would have, that would have definitely changed the, the, the temperature of the game. But at the same time, once the scoring started, it was a, it was a floodgates and, and you expected, Washington and so we'll we'll get straight into that game first. Washington 37, Oregon 34. The Oregon defense did a good job in the first half. And then the second half, they Washington just oh, so no, there was there one was, bad quarter. It was the yeah, third quarter, there, really. There was a moment in the game where I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going to happen? And n- nobody probably noticed it. Nobody probably noticed it except for me. Something happened. Michael Penix ran to the sideline. They switched his arm, his play sheet out on his hand. They they threw, he took it off. They threw it to the sideline. They threw him another one and he put it on his arm. There was nothing wrong with the one that was on his arm. So they changed and that was in the third quarter and they changed whatever it is that they were doing. And that was the moment that stuff changed. And... Oregon got beat over the top by two in the game and by two just ridiculously long passes. And it was, I mean, they they haven't given up passes uh, aside from the one in the Colorado game to Tyson, your boy Tyson, whatever his name is. Um, They hadn't really given up bombs like, well, actually they gave up that one super long one in the Washington State game at the very, very end. But, you know, so that, but they hadn't made a habit of that all year. 
and to give up two of those in the same game, that was a disaster. That was a disaster. And and part of the game, I actually thought the Oregon had an opportunity to close the game out, but I believe that Bo Nix getting injured on that third down play in the red zone, that that was the that that's where Oregon was going to seal the game because that was that 20 play drive. I think that think it was if Oregon scores on that 20 play drive, number one, the game's over. Number two, that would have been and I know the people can be like, well, you're an Oregon fan. No, that would have been one of the more impressive drives I have ever seen in my entire life. They lined up and ran the same play like 19 times. And the play has an option on it where they, where they can throw it out wide. But they, 19 times they ran the same fucking play. And if you go down and score on that, because if Bo Nix doesn't get, get hurt, I think it's fourth and two. What do you think Oregon's going to do on fourth and two? Up four points. Knowing that your de- de- defense is getting scorched right there. What are they going to do? You run it with, with Bo? No, 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 no. On the fourth down. Because because remember, he got hurt on third down. And then they kicked the right. field goal. So what do you think they do on fourth and two up four points at like the 12 or whatever yard line they're on? You tell me. They won 100% go for it. Well, they went for it in their own territory with Ty Thompson at quarterback. So yes. So what? They so stayed what makes, aggressive. They kept yes. that energy. So what makes you think that they would not have gone for it at that situation? Because they went for it in their own territory with 33 seconds left in the first mm-hmm. half when nobody thought that they were going to go for it on that quarter, quarterback sneak. So they would have absolutely gone for it. And there was nothing about Washington stopping the run that, that led you to believe that they could have gotten a stop on that fourth down. Nothing on, yeah. on that particular drive. And then also, if if, Fars- if Forsyth isn't hurt and snaps the, and he doesn't snap the ball over Bo Nix's head, the uh, the uh, play before that that those the the snap over the head which n- negated yards on first down was probably the biggest play of the game. Yeah, I I'm gonna be nitpicky. There were a couple of things that I felt like contributed to this because when I when I went back and I watched it, I looked at it and I said, you know, Washington Price stole one here. They deserved it. Yes. Uh, but this should have been a 10 to 14 point Oregon win. Correct. And there were a couple of things that I look at. Uh, the slow start is one, and that's been an issue all year. The second one is the there was two different occasions, one at the very end of the first half and one at the very end of the game where Troy Fl- Franklin caught a ball about three or four yards short of where of where they would have needed to be to put points on the board. So at the end of the first half, Troy Franklin catches a pass and he tries to get out of bounds with about four seconds left, right? Yeah. There was about four yards of space between him and the defender yeah. when he went out of bounds in that first half. If yeah, he but had, that, if, that, that one I can't really chalk up to. Like, I can't even blame, place any blame or anything on that because it's a situational thing. Like, you don't know how much time is on the – like, you you know how much time is on the clock, but as a player, you can't judge how long a play takes. So, like, you're just trying to catch the ball, get out of bounds. And then also – but on the on the play where they the officials said he stepped out of bounds, 
that was upsetting because of the amount of cameras that were not there because they didn't have a camera that was going down the line to be able to review it. And that's enough. And, and mind you, I, anybody who knows me knows what I think about re, uh, replay and review and all of that. But when it is available and you don't have, you know, the same opportunity from one game to the next, it is a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, so th- there were just a couple of Troy Franklin catches that I, they came up a little bit short that could have made the difference or prolonged the game. Obviously, the mistake in the um, but I think Oregon got that back. Didn't they get an interception uh, in the in the end zone? Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I, they made up for that one. Uh, I'm finally willing to come out and say Bucky Irving's the best. I told tied, you tied for the best running back. I told you. Because Charbonnet, you know what you're going to get. It's like driving yeah. a Chevy out there, just like, like a rock, right? But Bucky Irving has, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know better than anyone, but he's a little bit Eno Benjamin and a little bit Maurice Jones-Drew. Yes. It's a different he's package. Special, that bro. running style is. Bro, yeah. he's special. Special, special. You he's can't very tackle- hard to square up. Yes. First guy, you might as well forget about it. You you might as well just just fall yeah. on the ground and just stay there. You shouldn't rush for 300 yards and lose. That's what happened to Oregon in this game. And then on the other side, how how fun is it and how funny, fun and funny, is it to watch Michael Penix Jr. wind up like he's about to throw a 106-mile-an-hour Aroldis Chapman fastball and that ball just comes out of there normal speed? Because he did that all game. And he looked like he's about to just launch a ball and then it'd be like a 15 yard. It's out. like this. It's like this uh, Philip Rivers shot put joint. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but he knows he knows where the ball needs to go. Kalen DeBoer had them. That third quarter was monstrous. Yeah, it was. He was tormenting the Oregon defense. Polk over the top. Uh, can we talk about that Jalen McMillan catch? What was that? Oh, my God, dude. That was awful. That the are you're talking about the one that Christian Gonzalez intercepted and they didn't it review very, it. Very much looked like a Christian Gonzalez interception, but Jalen McMillan stood up with the ball. Um, you I think tweeted a picture of where it was like Christian Gonzalez on the ground with the ball in both hands and Jalen McMillan with one hand on the ball. Is that what that yes, picture was? Out, outstretched like this, like like he's like he's the strongest armed man in the world. <laughs> yeah. I I and I, I get your frustration on that play, but also like huge credit to Jalen McMillan yes, for like I taking just, advantage of all the fact I that wanted the was the job. Yes, just after all of the reviews that the Pac-12 does, and my, mind you, I am not one of these USC people making an excuse for losing a football game because that that one play did not lose the football game. Not at all. Oregon still had many, many chances to a win. Yeah. So, so I'm not blaming that. But what I am doing is just pointing out that as many times as the referees replay things, right? Why on earth would they not replay that? Right. I I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. Without a rooting interest, without a rooting interest, this was one of the best football games I've seen all year. Oh, yeah. And and it, even might, not, the rooting- it might not have been. It might not have been the best Pac-12 game of the weekend, yeah. but it was still one of the best football games of the year. And do you know what the crazy part about that is? Is that fans... 
is here's the thing that I don't under I don't think that college football leadership truly understands, Ralph, is that even in losing that game as an Oregon fan, I am not upset at the game. Like I enjoyed the game. Like it like this game was way better than the freaking Colorado game. Like I would rather lose games and play like that and have an exciting fun game. Because obviously you're going to be frustrated if you lose all of them or the majority of them. But isn't that a lot better? I mean, I would I would wish the defense had played played better. But I'm saying, like, as a fan, wouldn't you rather watch that than the Colorado game? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't you don't have to tell me that. I'm an Arizona State fan. One of my favorite games of all time is a loss to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Like, good football is. Good, you know how people say funny's funny when you get made fun of and you still have to laugh. Yes, good football is good football. You are right about that, and I enjoyed the game. Wasn't ideal outcome. Like I would have rather had lost to Utah like that than lose to Washington because you know how I feel about Washington. But they deserve a lot of credit. Kalen DeBoer is a very good For coach, real. and For he real. is the reason why guys like him, Dan Lanning, um, uh. Uh, Lincoln Riley at USC, uh, Jed, Rhett, Rhett Lashley. Um, I, well, well, hold on. I, I, I can't put Jed in there be, because of the, the specific point. Um, uh, Sonny Dykes down at TCU. Why first year head coaches? Like, I mean, even Mario Cristobal down at Miami, he can't get, as much grace as you used to because you can rebuild your roster super quick now. Man, that's that's true. So, yeah, so so it's going to be a lot harder for coaches to get grace. That's why Jimbo Fisher has no grace. It's his fifth freaking year. And the team stinks. I, I also want to point out, I want to point out for anybody that's actually keeping track and trying to hold you or me accountable for the things that we say, you never had anything bad to say about Chris Peterson. Nope. And you've never had anything bad to say about Kalen DeBoer. Nope. You had a lot of criticism for a coach who didn't last a single year. Correct. And that was Jimmy Lake. And and I and I commend you on that because I would call you know I would call you out for it. Yes. If I thought you were just me and a mega homer, Jimmy Lake did not he he didn't have it. Nope. He he had every opportunity to have it and he just he didn't. And I I wish the best for him because I thought as a recruiter. I mean, good Lord, look at what his former players are doing in the NFL. It's yeah. absurd. It's yeah. absurd. And, and and maybe you just need to treat him like a Dante Williams. Maybe he needs to be your guy that that yeah. that helps stock the shelves with talent. But and maybe he'll be ready the next time around. But that that was not it at, at Washington, and they're better off for, for having Kalen DeBoer in a leadership position. Yeah, and if Michael, if Michael Penix goes in the draft – they're probably going to hit the portal for a quarterback again. And who's not going to want to play? He's Michael Penix is averaging 364 pass yards. Yes, a game. and nobody thought he was a passer. Right. I, I think even on this ex- podcast, we're like, what an exciting athlete. Yes. <laughs> and, Washington has brought in. Yeah, and I was excited about my, Michael Penix because I had watched him at Indiana and he had showed some good flashes. But I did not expect this. Did not expect this at all. I mean, th- th- this was what what he's doing is pretty incredible. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, now Washington has a major problem. Their secondary can't tackle anybody. Their their run defense is a, is atrocious. I mean, I mean, Oregon's run offense is spectacular, one of the best in the country. One of, one, one of the top couple in the, the country. But they just got run the hell over. And it was their offense that was able to save them. That's been the case all year. Yep. Uh, but now on to the next exciting game, and that was Arizona upsetting UCLA. I got goosebumps. 34-28. So, mind you, after Oregon lost, I was like, I'm done for today because it, it affects me emotionally. It it, it does. I feel, you. I feel you. Well, shit. I didn't get to have any fun. I didn't get to have any fun. At 13 minutes and 30 seconds of the Washington State ASU game, there was not one play that was executed that provided any hope or happiness. Yeah, It was a, like a full game. It, it was a 10-point <laughs> loss. It was a 10-point loss. But it felt Arizona like a 50-point loss. I was in hell. Yeah. So I was in absolute hell. So like, yeah, at least you got to be excited at some point during the game. Yeah. So I, I was like, I am, it just hurts me so bad. I'm like, listen, I can't watch anymore, but it's UCLA. My, uh, my, my, my son was at the game on a visit. So I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a peek into the game. Cause he FaceTimed me from there. So I reluctantly watched this game, man. And I'm looking at, and it was probably okay. At what point did I realize that UCLA was in trouble or potentially in trouble? 
I would say, well, well, actually, I mean, obviously in the first quarter, when it, at the end of the first quarter, when it was 14, nothing, I was like, oh, they have a problem today. They have a problem. If it, if it had been 14, seven, I would not have thought they had a problem, but 14 donut, they got a problem. And then you're like, okay. And then at halftime is 21, 14 Arizona. And you're like, okay, we'll see how this third quarter starts. UCLA then at the end of the third quarter has the game tied. I'm like, okay, cool. They're in good shape, but they, but the margin for error is lower, right? The margin for error is much lower. Zach Charbonnet went off 24 carries, 181 yards and three touchdowns. He's running angry. Yeah. The dude is a first round running back. This, This dude is an NFL this is like Brees Hall, Ezekiel Elliott. Like he's cut out of that cloth. He's a franchise he, back. He reminds me of, he reminds me of like, this is going to be a weird name, but like, like tr- remember when Troy Hambrick was still like motivated, like the, one of those like throwback big yeah. shoulders, like hit the whole angry. Yeah. Except yeah. for he's shifty. He's mm. just, he's just a, He's a tank, bro. He's a tank. Love. Uh, oh my gosh. I can I cannot sing enough praises about Zach Charbonnet. Cannot at all. But I must sing the praises of Jaden Delora as well because we did not get bad Jaden De- De- Delora because when, whenever the team gets down, he gets trying to like do way way too much. And there was a couple times in this game where he did way way too much, but it didn't work out badly. Where Can he was I? running around back, and he ran like twenty yards back to to to. It was like what was it, second and nineteen or something like that, yeah. or third and nineteen, and he ran and got a twelve yard gain after being back behind the line of scrimmage like twenty yards. Well, the fact that Arizona even got point, there was a drive when it was twenty one twenty one, and Arizona had the ball, and or UCLA had multiple tackles for loss. And the crowd was into it. It was the most energetic I've seen a UCLA crowd in a long time. And there were multiple tackles for a loss. And they hunted Jaden Delora down on a couple of plays. And he just stayed resilient. And they ended up getting three points out of that drive. That's when I was like, oh, this Arizona team is not messing around today. Because it's one thing to get up big because you, you know, you caught UCLA's defense by surprise. It's another thing to be taking multiple uh, hits. Yeah. behind the line of scrimmage and still getting points out of a out of a drive but can I just want to give some praise to the broadcast because at the end of the game they had a camera on DTR and a camera on Jaden Delora and when the clock hit zero Jaden Delora is crying on the sideline and DTR is upset he gets upset sometimes. Yeah. And to the point where he gets down on. So on one shot, you have Jaden Delora on his knees in tears. And in another shot, you have you watch Dorian Thompson Robinson, like the loss watch over wash over him. And he goes from angry to like. Disbelief almost with a smile. Yeah. Right. Like a kid. Like how? <laughs> like how? <laughs> Did this just happen? And that, like, like that shot going back and forth, it just, it was one of those moments where you're like, man, they said college football was dead. 
Like no, they said, there's the nothing dead portal. about it. No. And I, again, I have goosebumps just talking about it. That moment. Um, and also just like what led up to that moment was insane because UCLA gets the ball down six. They got over a minute left. They yep. hit three straight passes and then they get a pass interference call. They're marching. And then all of the sudden DTR throws four uncatchable balls toward the end zone instead of doing what was working, which was working the sticks Yep. to get closer Four uncatchable balls. And that last ball, I don't care what anybody says like that. It, that would have been the greatest catch in the history of the world. Yes. They, <laughs> it, it would have been fantastic. But the thing is, it was a difficult throw though, too. Oh, for it was sure. A, and like he reestablished a, himself in the pocket. It yes. was incredible. It was a like high difficulty throw and it was a foot off target. If it were a foot in the other di- direction, that is a catch. And so the, this is a rough one for UCLA because it puts them in well, – they, they still have a lot to look forward to because the UC, USC game's on the horizon. And how about uh, – what's the Arizona transfer that came And all they USC? have to do is win. They all they have to they, – if they beat USC, which is obviously a tall, tall task, but I think that they um, are going to win that game, I at the same time am like there's still a lot left. And UCLA, I said that for them this season, the floor had to be 10 wins, had to be 10 wins because of their schedule. And they are still on track for that. You know, like they shouldn't have lost this Arizona game, so they still should have a margin for for, for error. But the margin for error for the Pac-12 is low as hell. USC, they play USC this weekend. USC is favored by two and a half points. And so that'll be an interesting matchup. But I do want to get back to this um, uh, Arizona thing because Jed Fish, he deserves an amount of credit. And remember, prior to the season, we were talking about this, about this red wave coming, (laughs) about this uh, Arizona wave coming that (laughs) that they were. Um that they were moving in the right direction. And we had never in life seen this much hype and excitement surrounding a team that won one asterisk game last year. Big asterisk. They were getting players out of the portal. They, uh, they recruited better. They got Noah, Noah Fafita, who's their backup quarterback. And they got the man who's leading the PAC 12 in touchdown receptions, a freshman T-Mac who was committed to Oregon, but then when uh, Mario Cristobal left, he left and went down to Arizona. I haven't seen anybody cover Jacob Cowing appropriately. appropriately? I'm not just talking the media. I'm talking about defensive backs and defensive schemes. Like they're getting these players and, and the players like playing for he has like five quarterbacks that are never, ever going to play. And only one of them has hit the portal portal. Jordan McLeod. Yeah. Will Plummer and Gunnar Cruz are still there helping them win. As soon as they get a functional defense, Arizona's going to be a problem. I mean, they're, they're they're clearly a little bit of a problem this year, but their their offensive line is not where it needs to be. So when they play the Oregon's, the USC's, they just get like they just run out of talent, right? So and UCLA did not do this. Their their defense as the season goes on has been fading. 
So, and USC's defense has been fading as well. So yeah. it is going to be a matter of who the hell can get a stop in this in this game. And now Arizona becomes the most interesting team in the conference, yep. arguably. Yep, because they were interesting because they were what we did not think they were going to a bowl game because of this UCLA game. I thought four wins would mean a parade in Tucson, yep. a parade. They're at four wins now. The two and, games they have left are Washington State, and I don't know if you saw Jaden Delora's comments this week, but he was like, it was good and it was cool. And you you have a lot of insight and behind-the-scenes knowledge as to what was going on at Washington State. I have a little bit. That dude does not like Jake Dickert. No. At all. Nope. Nope. And he had a lot of praise for Nick Rolovich. Um, obviously, what happened with Nick Rolovich is you know public knowledge. He wouldn't get vaccinated. And you had staff members leave, and Jake Dickert did get vaccinated, took over, and then, you know, beat Arizona State in his first game, and and did enough to to retain that job moving forward. Jaden Delora transferred out. There's not a lot of love lost between Washington State fans and Jaden Delora because they felt like he he abandoned ship. I don't think he ever felt like he was going to get a fair shake. Uh, I think there were people on that staff he feels like were for him, and there's people on that staff he feels like were against him. And now you have Nick Rolovich on Twitter saying that he wants to go to the game. He wants to go to the game so he can support Jaden Delora against Washington State. Why did Why did he, he need was, to tweet that? Just buy it, buy a ticket, take your ass to the game. But it's funny because Jaden Delora is like, just watch what happens. He wants everybody. He wants all eyes. And who would have thought? Who would have thought in week twelve we'd be like, oh, we gotta, we gotta watch this yes. Wazoo Arizona game. But oh, I'm yeah. I'm all in. I'm like oh, I yeah. cannot wait to see what happens. Yes, do not put up a dud after all that talking, buddy. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Please, all right, please. <laughs> um, USC Colorado fifty-five to seventeen. This game went exactly how I thought it would yeah. go. Um, yeah, uh, Caleb Williams did throw another interception though, and uh, USC got dealt a major blow, a major blow. Troy Troy die die out for the year. That was got, rough, got man. carted off with the with the with the airbag. So you would assume broken leg, something like that. But he's in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's for finito, buddy. Co- college career finito. And and I actually this was a rough one. This was yeah. a really rough one to watch to, to watch because it was the, the, exactly what happened should have happened on the scoreboard. I mean, being three to two after one quarter was bizarre, but like. At, after the game, you had USC players kind of beating themselves up. Brendan Rice is like, "Man, I've been playing like crap all season." He tweeted out to the to the fans like, "Nobody expects you know better from me than me." But he still had three catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown. But you would figure a fifty-five to seventeen win, USC would come out of it feeling good. But they lose their running back. They have stuff yep. they need to clean up, and I think they're feeling that pressure a little bit because now it's very possible that the only Pac-12 team that has an opportunity to play in the college football playoff. I mean, it, it, it would it would take some additional chaos for that to happen. Like you would need TCU to lose twice, which which could happen. Actually, they don't love TCU like that anyway. So like TCU could only lose once, really. <laughs> um, and you could have a two loss Pac-12 team pass them. But- I count I count discrimination toward TCU as Pac-12 hate. Because of Sonny Dykes. <laughs> I still I still claim Sonny Dykes a little bit. And Michigan, Ohio State. I actually think that you may actually get um two Big Ten teams 
in the college football playoff this year because of how Michigan scheduled. Their their schedule is absolute ass, ass cheeks, because yeah. they canceled against UCLA. They're um, afraid of their former running back, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, but, but the question is, how is USC going to do with Austin Jones, who came from um, Stanford at, as their lead running back and freshman, Relique Brown? Because they really haven't trusted Relique Brown at all this year. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, he's gotten some time in blowouts, but but since they've gotten to the meat of their schedule, because remember, Oregon was playing like four backs, right? And then I told you that as things started getting that that they wanted to spread out the load, and then as it, the season's gone on, it's been two dudes, Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington, and at UC and USC, it's been Troy Die. I'm sorry, Travis Die. That's been it. And now they're going to have to turn to a guy in Austin Jones who's nowhere near as explosive as Die, and in Relique Brown who is a freshman and is light is a little bit light, so he's going to have trouble in pass protection. So, um, so yeah, so they've been dealt a blow. Their defense is already beat up a little bit, but they still have the most important person on their team, which is Tui Pelotu. Um, who had another two and a half sacks because he's a terrorist. Um, but yeah, so we will see what happens with them. Um, if I if I'm USC, I rock with Jones, and I I if you don't trust Relique Brown, that's fine. But Darwin Barlow can run the ball. Like they're they're actually pretty stacked at running back. Yes, they, they are. But they don't gonna... trust them yet. Yeah, I would feed I would feed Barlow. He played. Uh, you know, he played two years at, 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 at TCU before he came over to USC. Um, I would I would feed him the rock and see what you can get out of him. But it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting because uh, they do need help. It would have been better for them, obviously, if uh, if UCLA came into this game also um, as a top 10 team. But if they can beat USC and Notre Dame, who has a, if you finish with two top 25 wins, when you are the number seven team and then you turn around and, and you have a shot at, at, at Oregon, they would be, they would be back to back to back top 25 wins to end the season. When you're already ranked number seven, that should be good enough. Yes, it should be, especially yeah. when some of the teams above you are going to play each other. But I, I don't know. I don't know that UCLA losing um, to Arizona. Uh, takes I, a, I a think it'll bite be, out of their chances. I think it'll be fine. I, I, I don't think that that's going because of where, because UCLA is number 16 now, and then they'll play Oregon. So if Oregon beats Utah, right, Oregon's going to be back in the top nine. You know hear I me? Mean? Yeah. So then, and then, and then they'll play Oregon state who's ranked as well. And then they will be top seven going into the PAC 12 championship against if USC beats UCLA and beats Notre Dame, they'll be top five, at worst, right? You know how annoyed USC is going to be and how justified they're going to feel about leaving the Pac-12 if they go 11 and 2 with Oregon in the Rose Bowl and they got to go to like Las Vegas or some shit. <laughs> hey, they hey, hey, they could still get a Cotton Bowl. <laughs> they could. They could, but I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that's not what they want. No. So, <laughs> no. I mean this uh, but this game literally comes down to all the marbles. If they win this game, they're going to the Pac-12 championship. If they lose it, they are not. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. 
So um, gonna be, are you, you going to be all powder blue head to toe on the 19th or what's you going to go in blue face, the non attempted murdering blue face? No, 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 <laughs> no dude. I, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever the result is, as long as Oregon wins. Okay. All right. Actually, I would rather play USC in the Pac-12 championship. Rather. I would rather that be the case. I'll take than it, bro. Than having Zach Charbonnet and yep. if, if, if DTR is feeling good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something... I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I want to go back real quick because in the middle of the second quarter, DTR was 8 of 9 for 35 yards. And I put that on Chip Kelly because I don't think Arizona's defense was stopping anything. And the first time he went downfield, they got like a 30-yard gain. Yep. Yeah, it, it was just a bad game for them. Now, uh, on to the Oregon State Cal game. So the Oregon State Cal game got got people fired. <laughs> Man. Um, uh, Oregon State 38, Cal 10. Actually, this game didn't get them fired. An accumulation of games got them fired. And uh, I was – Justin Wilcox, who I played with at Oregon, he finally saw what everybody else saw. And it was that they were not doing a good enough job on offense and a leadership change needed to be made on the offensive side. Now, that won't help if the philosophy is bad. But the other problem is, is that you, uh, Cal is not going to be paying 
big time coordinator prices. So they're, I mean, like, okay, a guy like Brennan, Brennan Marion would have to essentially take a pay cut to be the offensive coordinator at Cal. And he's the wide receiver coach and, and um, pass game coordinator at Texas right now. You can't go get a Kenny Dillingham. You're going to cost too much. I mean, and, and because Oregon is trying to prepare to make, not trying to prepare, they are preparing to make Kenny Dillingham one of or the highest paid office coordinator in the country. He will be making well over a million dollars, like into like close to like 1.5 next season. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, but, but yeah, so. Well, and what's funny is this discount that they were getting and they still had Bill Musgrave, who does have a good reputation overall as an offensive coordinator. And Angus McClure, who was the UCLA O-line coach for over a decade before he went and reestablished himself at Nevada, made himself worthy of of being the O-line coach at Cal. But I'm kind of surprised Angus McClure didn't leave in handcuffs because if Jack Plummer dies on the field, it's going to be on, (laughs) it's going to be on him. Jack Plummer took so much abuse this season and, you know, they couldn't scheme their way out of protecting for him. But it's, it's crazy to me that it took the game where, where you couldn't stop Oregon state's offense to fire your offensive staff. Yep. No, you are right. Is this Wilcox trying to, by himself time or is this Wilcox yes. realizing earnestly Ooh. change is needed both to be successful? Cause he's I, pretty famously loyal from what I understand. Yeah. I, I think it's a combination of both. I think he doesn't have a choice anymore, but Cal can't afford to fire him. He's got a $25 million buyout. How did they get themselves in that situation? Same way Texas A&M did. Giving somebody a raise that wasn't going anywhere. So they're, I mean, oh man, they're in a situation. They probably got several years of. They are hoping that he's going to get it fixed because the problem that, so he is making after his raise, he's now the sixth highest paid coach in the Pac-12 at 4.2 million, which was a significant upgrade over his like, you know, 2.7 And, you know, like, that's just to keep them reasonably competitive, right? They can't afford to fire him, and they can't afford the market reset on bringing somebody else in. Exactly. Exactly. They are in the same situation that Texas A&M is in right right now. Did you see Marshawn Lynch there the other day cussing, saying they need to fill the effing stands out in in his halftime interview? Yes, but how are they going to fill that? You have to give people a chance. Like something to be excited about. And they have not done that at all. Offensive coordinator Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> well, run the run the ball. Um run it run it down his motherfucking face over and over, over, and, over, and, over and over and over. All right. You mean you didn't like Jaden Ott eight carries for twenty yards against Oregon State? Exactly. No. Against a team you can't throw on. Yeah. If you're not gonna run on them and you can't throw on them, you're toast. Yep. Shout out shout out to the Beavs who 
are five and one at home. Five and one at home probably should be six and zero oh with that seventeen fourteen loss to, uh, to USC. USC. Yep. Yeah, and now now they got to go to Tempe where they haven't won in thirteen years. <laughs> this team is so schizophrenic. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think they know what's at stake. That this is a um, special deal. Um, yeah, I think I think that they re- recognize that it's a special season. I want to believe Justin Wilcox saw Tristan Jebbia taking snaps for Oregon State in a blowout. And he's like, you know what? Everybody's fired. <laughs> They're on their third string quarterback out there having fun against us. Yep. We need to- um, and in yeah. case you guys are wandering, wan- wandering, wondering who while we are doing this podcast, the UCLA, well, the UC regents are having their meeting right now. They had a closed door portion. And of course, like like anything else, they continue to punt it down down the field. So they announced that there's going to be a December 14th special ses- session to finalize the Big Ten move. And the UC, so so they punted to a special session, and so that means the Pac-12 won't have a media rights deal, even if there's one close by until after that first thing. And then also, uh, John Wilner just tweeted out that. Uh, UCLA may have another obstacle. Well, th- this tweet came from Billy Billy Witts, who um, is over at the New York Times, said that there's another obstacle. State Senator Nancy Skinner, who helped launch nationwide NIL legislation, is considering crafting another bill that could crimp the move to the Big Ten. Why are you trying to get somebody to stay that doesn't want to stay? Like it's a, it's, it's like a marriage, bro. Yeah. Uh, If somebody doesn't want to be in it, let them leave. I would, I would counter with what Bill Walton said, and I'm going to trust him on this, that it's two people that want to leave and a bunch of people that are going along with it. Martin German and the president, that's it. And he, and he's not going to come out and say this the way that I heard him. He's not going to use these exact words, but this is what I heard when Bill Walton was talking is who the hell is Martin German to the Pac-12? Nobody. I mean, he's new, but, but listen, it, the, the, the Pac-12 has to figure out its money fool. Like, like I, I would have appreciated Bill Walton putting a little bit more on the fact that the Pac-12 did this to themselves. Correct. But at the same time, I don't think he's wrong when he says nobody at UCLA wanted this except for a couple of people whose survival He's in the prob- business and education world doesn't even depend on UCLA leaving for the Big Ten. But the thing is, is that UCLA wants to be good at sports, right? The issue is this, and I've been trying to explain this to people, e- even people that are like, oh, it'll cost way more to go to the Big Ten. You are right. But the problem is, is that now you can pay competitive salaries. So all the coaches that, so like you won't have Mel Tucker leave Colorado to go to Michigan State because the money would be there. They spent $4 million on shrimp. UCLA. (laughs) Yeah, so dude, like it's, it's a... Like you are not going to get your coaches poached because you are paying competitive salaries. 
I mean, think th- think about the fact. Dan Landing is being sought after. Jonathan Smith being paid $3.7 million. Uh, but, but, he, but he did just get an extension. So it's probably more that um, I don't know exactly how much it is, but it should, it's a significant raise. I think he's up to like $5 million now. But $5 million? What are we talking about? Like, like that's basement Big Ten money. That is basement Big Ten money, yes. So, so if, I don't know. I just know George Klyavkov went out and made this deal with Pacific Seafood so that UCLA could feed their students. Okay, so <laughs> so if Jonathan Smith, right? If yeah. Auburn calls Jonathan Smith and is like, who's a Oregon State alum? And they're like, listen, we'll give you nine uh eight-year, nine million dollar deal. That's 72 million guaranteed. What are you supposed to do? I would say like, hey, I'm going to be an Oregon State donor. Bye. I mean, it, it's so, I got the money. Yeah, I mean, I got it's the money so to much help money. It, it, it's different if it's like 50 million versus 65 million right. to where to where you can be like, nah, I'm, I'm happy you're here. But when you're That's talking about like doubling somebody's salary and essentially like and as a person, you're like 72 million. I can set my family up in a special way. And it's not just you. We talked about this with Mel Tucker. It's not just you. It's the Mel assistance. Tucker turned down the money for him. Michigan State came back to him and said, we will give you six plus million a year for your assistance. Then all of a sudden you have a chance to change a hundred plus people's lives around you and not just you. Yep. Mel Tucker would have been insane to not to now he's, set forever <laughs> with the contract that their their boosters hooked him up with. But l- fine, let's just jump into it because this is the thing with the whole Kenny Dillingham, Oregon, Arizona State. Arizona State fans have made up their mind. They want Kenny Dillingham. It is common knowledge that Kenny Dillingham has had his eyes on the Arizona State job since he left to go be an assistant for Mike Norvell at Memphis. He had his eyes on it when he was at Auburn offering Arizona kids. He had his eyes on it at Florida State when he's off in Arizona kids. When he had an opportunity to stay at Florida State, but Oregon was going to give him the opportunity to call plays, he had Arizona State in mind when he took that job in Eugene. But guess what? Oregon's offense has been humming all season long outside of some first quarters. And his options have expanded beyond take an Arizona State gig where you're about to get hit with sanctions. Yeah. And and you don't want that in your first job. Like you do not want that in your first job while you're trying to rebuild, hop in the portal. Arizona state hasn't, has no NIL, like no significant NIL situation going. It's a, now you can want that job. You you got a president that has not inspired any confidence. You've got an athletic director that literally everyone is pissed off at for a variety of reasons, not just one, a variety of reasons. And now you're the dog that caught the car. Everybody at ASU wants you. You're the hottest name out there. ASU would bend over backwards to bring you in. But now you're having success at Oregon and other colleges are probably going to come calling, offering you more money than what you thought your dream job was. Is your dream a nightmare? Right. And so I would love to have Kenny Dillingham come home to Arizona. The Arizona high school coaches would love it. The boosters would love it. And there's a lot of people that have gotten behind this idea. But from my conversations with you and my conversations with some other people, his options have grown beyond 
take that take that uh job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. including because, staying put yeah because he's like mm, i don't want to go to a bad situation like yeah i want to be a head coach but this train ain't stopping over over uh, here so i can wait i mean look at look look at what brent venables did at clemson he stayed there until he was until his kids graduated college and he was like all right i'm out and and he had and he had and he waited until a prime job came open prime job and kenny dillingham i believe that now that he has quarterback offensive line wide receivers and i'm going to be one of the highest paid if not the highest paid officer coordinator in the in the country let me wait till i can get a either arizona state's in a functional situation or i can wait or i'm gonna get one of these big daddies bro i'm gonna get a big daddy in a year or two so i let me let me stay stay here and stay put for a second which is entirely possible yeah i agree all right now before we move on to the next game we have some emails from you guys and we have reviews as well and you guys make sure that you leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts we will read your reviews and um and um somebody's salty right now somebody is rubbing it in and you know and and i just want to say washington you you are earned your win congratulations first of not not very many like it's a Ben, but you are earned it. Congratulations. Nothing bad to say about the Huskies right now. So you can read the review, Ralph. Oh, you want me to read it? I think you should read it. I think that's your penance. Okay, cool. All right. I, that's on. <laughs> I think this one's on you. Okay. It is from Fat Husky. <laughs> if you call yourself Fat Fat Husky, you have to be hella fat. But anyways, <laughs> um, Fat Husky said... Five stars for Ralph. Wrong and wrong. George Wrongster. Penix for 408 and a W. And then that stupid purple umbrella with the rain on it. You all right? Yeah. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to take a few questions. First one. Uh, have you seen the Pac-12 Circle of Suck online? Did you get a chance to see that? No, I haven't. Hold on. I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. And, I, I mean, is the circle is the circle of suck com, com, completed yet? Because I think Washington's loss allowed the, 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 the uh, circle of suck to be completed, right? Yeah. So, Washington beat Oregon. Oregon beat Colorado, Colorado beat Cal, Cal beat Arizona, who beat UCLA, who beat Utah, Utah beat USC, USC has that win at Oregon State, mm-hmm. Oregon State beat Wazoo, Wazoo beat ASU, who has the win over Washington. Dude, do you realize how close that we were to not being able to complete a circle of suck this year? Right. I mean, because right. if Colorado doesn't beat Cal... They don't win. And there's no circle of suck. 
<laughs> right. And if and if Washington doesn't beat Oregon, there's no circle of suck. There's no possible way for a circle of suck. Uh, response to whoever tweeted out the circle of suck is from somebody named Wolfhead at Indigenous Drew Four. Wazoo is in year seven of bowl eligibility, so kiss my ass. Uh, and then he goes on to be a little bit more descriptive about what location on his ass, and I will not read that part. Uh, but we did get a question from our guy Soulcat. Thank you for uh, for always following and interacting with us on um, the Pac-12 Apostles Twitter. He wants to know, and I think you already established Wilcox isn't getting fired, but he wants to know if you're going to see a huge exodus. If any of the Cal players that flashed this year, like Jay Knott or Brett Johnson, who unfortunately spent the year injured, do you think we're going to see those guys all jump into the in, into the pool? Oh, I, I think that's an interesting question because we haven't really got into which team is in danger of having a Colorado mm. of last year where all of your players that did anything positive just vanish. Yes. Um, obviously guys don't just leave Stanford until they graduate. Right. So, yeah. so, so you have to put Stanford out of that equation, right? If my, if my kid wanted to do that, I would disinherit them. Yeah. And, Please finish your degree. Yeah. And also with, with Stanford, they don't really have a whole lot of dudes that people really want like that to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus out of, well, okay. I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus out of anywhere because Arizona is 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 on the come. People feel really good about being there. USC, they purged their roster last year. So, you know, you may see like Dante Foreman on the move maybe. Uh I yeah, that's his that's his first name, right? Dante? Are you talking about the the defensive lineman? Yeah. I don't think that's his first name, but. Oh, Corey Foreman. Corey Foreman. Corey. Yeah. yeah. I, like, <laughs> um, I, mean, yeah. I think Deontay, Dante Foreman, he plays for the I was, I was thinking Dante, Dante Freeman, the Carolina Panthers running back. Yeah. Um, and so um, he may be out, but I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus out of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I do think that you are going to see some big time players poached. And from an inside com- conversation, there is going to be at least one Pac-12 school that is going to do some things in the portal that you are going to be like, what the hell happened? I mean, like, like it is supposed to be this coup of coups from a yeah. from a from a Pac-12 school. And, I do and it is going to be extremely surprising. And you're going to be like, wow, wow, wow. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I do worry about Arizona State because they do have some good players, and they're in that time of transition of people jumping into the portal before they know who the the coach is going to be because they have that trio of players from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Ngata, Omar Norman Lott, and um, oh, and the, the, uh, Smith. I mean, I was going to call him Smith and Smith and Jigba, but it's um, he's got a hyphenated name too. Um, How am I forgetting the team I follows every single day? Primary wideout. Hold on, this is the worst. I'm a disgrace to the city of Tempe. Yes, you are right now. You are. I am. What a sure. loser right now. It is. Oh my I'm gosh. sitting in this I awkwardness. I remember his name. I'm owning this awkwardness. Ah, uh, bro. How am I supposed to remember? Elijah Badger. Yes, Elijah Badger. Elijah Badger. Six touchdowns. He's got, uh, you know, he's he's coming close to 800 yards receiving. I worry about that trio. And then Jalen Conyers, as a tight end, has shown, like, Jalen Conyers has been so good the last couple of games even though that he did miss a block that got Trenton Borgay blown up. Um, I mean, Jalen Conyers right for UCLA, <laughs> but Jalen Conyers has been so good the last couple of games that I'm like, Oh dude, this dude's going to be a top two round oh. pick. Oh, and your I don't boy know. Tyson will be somewhere else next season from, from Jordan Colorado. Tyson. I do feel that way. Yeah. I, as soon as he popped off, I was like, Oh, he's going to look good wherever he goes next. <laughs> I, I, Whether he's at I, Oregon, Washington, yeah. or USC ne- next year, or maybe even Arizona, he'll be at one of them places though. Yeah. I hate thinking that way, but JT shrouds completing like 45% of his passes over the last month. And that's gotta be tough. And he's, you know, he's hurt now. So he's got time to think about it, but, uh, and he's definitely got people in his DMS, just like all these, uh, players do, but I do worry about Arizona State losing a bunch of players. But I do think the Pac-12 is going to be a destination. Yes, I think oh, nationwide yeah. destination for an influx yep. of talent. And do Do you know what they are going to be on the hunt for more than anything? D lineman. Oh, for sure, D lineman. And Washington is going to be on the hunt for DBs because you mm-hmm. saw in that Oregon game they couldn't tackle a soul. Yeah. Especially the kid Asa, and I hate to call out kids in general, but he's an awful tackler. Awful. Asa Turner, I yeah. watched him get kicked out of a game earlier this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think there's going to be a huge influx to all of the, all the, I think it's going to be a big net gain for the PAC 12. And I, I, unfortunately it's going to come at the expense of some of the smaller conferences as well. Um, like the big sky and the mountain I mean, West. That's there how Oregon is a got their two running backs, Noah Whittington and uh, Bucky Irving. That's how they got them. Yeah. Western Kentucky and forget where the other kid came, came from. There's a tight end at Idaho who has 14 touchdown passes who I begged anyone in the Pac-12 to offer while he was Go to UCLA. in high school. I mean, because there, there's because there's no room at Oregon for a tight end right now. So and I but love you, good tight ends, but, yeah. but there's no, I mean, there's literally that 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 is one yeah. position that there is. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's his, no his name is Hayden Hatton. And I look at him and I'm like, dude, if he went to Utah, he might win a national award, <laughs> like with the way they use their tight ends. Yeah. But uh, Hayden Hatton out of Idaho, keep an eye on him because he should have, he was good enough coming out. Him and his twin brother went to Idaho and he has 14 touchdowns this year alone. He's a monster. He's not, he's not big enough to be an every down blocker, but you can put him uh, out as a wide out and he creates so many mismatches. Um, it's just, it, unfortunately, unfortunately, but it's also exciting. The portal opens up so many possibilities for so many of these teams. Uh, and depending on oh, who Arizona state, watch, they could come out positive as well. Yep. Watch Curtis Rourke from, Oh, Ohio quarterback. Uh, who is like fifth in the country in passing right, right now. So if Michael Penix goes, goes to the draft, he might be like, hey, hey, yo, uh, Kalen, um, let me let me holler at you for a minute. Let me holler at you. Holler at a for player sure. when you see him in the streets. I mean, and then you uh, you look at some of these guys. Um, that there's a there's a Cal Poly wideout who's got over a thousand yards receiving. It's funny because you could just go shopping. You really can. Yep, the, uh, the quarterback at North North Texas. There's a lot of options. A lot of options. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Uh, let's see. We got one more. Uh, let's see. I had one more question. Let's see if I can pull that one up. I think one of the questions had to do with, uh, is it possible for Arizona to make a bowl? Do you think it's possible for them to beat both Washington State and win the Territorial Cup? Yes. Yeah. Why would I not? I mean, I just watched him beat UCLA. I've watched him significantly improve. I watched him give you USC problems. I watched them, you know, uh, I've watched them this season have some opportunities. So, listen, I am not in any way going to poo-poo what they have been doing. Because um, the uh, Utah game, they gave, I mean, it was 20 to 40, 45. So that game wasn't particularly close. But the Washington yeah. game, 10-point game, USC game, 8-point game. Yeah, so they are they got some fight in them, buddy. And if Washington State mm-hmm. doesn't isn't ready at 11 o'clock, going to be a problem. Here's another one. Are you hearing anything uh, about Colorado coaching candidates? Yes. So, and it is – so they, they are obviously – looking at people like Brennan Marion and and D- Dillingham, but I have no idea. I mean, sorry, I have no 
thoughts that they are going to go in that direction. They are going to try to go in the recycled head coach territory and watch Jim Moore Jr. as a name to look out for. Who has I keep I keep hearing Jim Mora Jr. and then I I keep hearing Bob Stoops' name get back in the mix. If you're Bob Stoops, you're not going to call you're not going to Colorado because if you want to coach, you can go coach at a at a big time school if when when a job opens. Yeah. Well, so you you've been you've been uh, you've been talking shit on the Illinois uh, defense, but uh-huh. their defense coordinator. Their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, uh, I think is a Colorado alum. Hey, do you know what is funny on on, on a side note is that I was going to talk trash about Illinois, right? And where you were like, their defense is better than blah, blah, blah. But how can I talk shit after? (laughs) You can't. But okay, so I we've been ta- I have been talking up Illinois defense all year. Their defensive coordinator was a safety at University of Colorado uh, from 2004 through 2008. Yeah, could be big. Yep, and they are going to lose to Michigan this weekend, and then they're going to beat Northwestern, and they're going to finish eight and four, which is a good year for 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 Brett Bielema. It's a very Brett Bielema year for Brett Bielema. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very. And especially after the way things went last season. And yeah. And uh, he's still upset with me, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, so we had. Oh, so we didn't even say the Oregon State Cal score. So that was 38 to 10. And um, yeah, n- new head coach. <laughs> I'm sorry, new office coordinator because of that game. Ben Ben Goldbranson still doing a good job. Um, fifteen Is for twenty three, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's gonna be the the difference between them. You know, winning this weekend at Arizona State and not, and then also you know how he handles that Oregon game. I see him that 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 feels like a multiple pick game for yeah. uh, for him. I love how Ben Goldbranson's a third-year freshman. Like, when what other era of humanity <laughs> could you be a third-year freshman? Um, he's been there a long time, so you can't call him inexperienced. At this point, he's thrown 150 passes. Um, he's not. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes, uh, but he doesn't do a lot that I'm super impressed with. Correct. I think it's going to be tough for him in Tempe, but can you even convince any fans that it's worth going out? and supporting Arizona State in their homecoming. You know, that's going to be really tough. We didn't talk about their game against Washington State because there's nothing to talk about. It was dominance. Trenton Borgay got hurt. Emory Jones came in. He played respectable. I still think that they probably go with Borgay um, if he's healthy enough to go. And and from the information I'm getting, he is. Uh, I think Arizona State has a chance to win the game, but it's not going to be by throwing. You can't throw on this Oregon State team, so you're going to have to take everything that's given to you, and you're going to have to find a way to stop the run. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was one last question. One last question. Corn Fairy. What does that name? What does that name mean to you? Corn Fairy. Corn Fairy. Nothing. Okay. Well, that's the search firm that gave us Larry Scott, and it's the search firm that Arizona State has hired to look for their next head coach. 
Jed Hughes and Corn Ferry have placed a lot of people all over the country, some good, some bad. They are also the firm that Cal McNair paid $600,000 to uh, to give him a recommendation for their next head coach, and then he didn't hire that coach. So he, he just <laughs> gave them 600 k Great gig if you can – Yo, if you can get it. Six hundred thousand. Be like, yo, you didn't t- take our take our choice. Am I going to be upset about that? No, <laughs> no, not at if all. If somebody, dude, if you're the hotel concierge and they ask you where to uh, eat dinner uh, that night, and then took your recommendation, handed you five hundred bucks as a tip, and then went to dinner somewhere else, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. I did my job. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But Corn Corn Ferry, Jed Hughes Corn Ferry is who gave us Larry Scott. Should I think it's also who gave ASU uh Ray Anderson to ASU. Should ASU have gone with a search firm when everyone and their mother wants just wants Kenny Dillingham? Um that's exactly why they won't hire Kenny Dillingham. <laughs> they will come up with some, you know, mystery candidate who is I mean, I mean, but the thing is, it's a tough gig at Arizona State because, okay, so Tennessee got Josh Josh Heupel despite a, a notice of allegations coming and all of that stuff. But yeah. what they did is they put into his contract that it gets uh, it, it's either guaranteed or it gets additional years depending on the penalties. I this week the when I well, I brought up Bob Stoops for Colorado because this week I heard Bob Stoops' name linked to ASU. As well as Tom Herman, um, Tom, I get Tom, that- Tom Herman definitely a possibility. I forgot he was out there, bro. They are going. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about anybody who hasn't been coaching college football for the last two, three years, even as an assistant, because the game is weird now. Arizona State is going to hire. Listen, you can book it that Arizona State and Colorado are going to hire a coach. Arizona State's going to hire a functional coach, right? They are not going to hire a bad head coach. They're going to hire a guy who's going to end up in three years, seven and seven and five, eight eight and four. I'm sorry, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, buddy. Um, I'll take eight and four over what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, now for a second because there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about. Utah 42, Stanford 7. I have one thing to talk about. What is that? You can't gamble on sports in North Carolina, so I've had $100 sitting in my uh, MGM account, Yeah. and I was in Arizona last week, and I put the $100 on, because I figure you have to have a chaos weekend eventually, I put the $100 on Washington, Arizona and Stanford. Oh, yuck. Three team parlay. Oh, you got cream on this one. The hundred dollars was going to be like $95,000 if it hit. And at one point, Utah was up seven nothing. No, 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 no. Stanford was up seven nothing. Stanford. Oh, yeah. So not, not Utah. So Stanford. I put it on Stanford, Washington, and Arizona. Arizona was up 14-0, Stanford was up 7-0, and Washington had already won. And I was like, uh... Am I going to win $100,000 off of Pac-12 chaos? 
Um, and then Stanford had an interception in the end zone to keep it close going into halftime. They're only down 14, seven. And so I had to watch this goddamn game. <laughs> what was the, what was the line that you had on it? It was just straight up. I took money line, Washington, Arizona, and Stanford. You took the money line on Stanford. You might as well have burned your hundred dollars up. Well, it was a hundred dollars that I couldn't use. It was a hundred dollars that it's, it's been sitting in a bet MGM account for four months. They had no shot. Like they, you, you could have put the. It was money I didn't even have. It was like a free bet. It was yeah, like a free bet. Yeah, but you bet. couldn't win the Stanford win. The other two, when you at least had a chance, you knew that there was a zero percent chance. That I thought I was going to go zero and three. Yeah, I thought I was going to go zero and three. Yeah, but at but least yeah, the other ones, you at least had some shot. Good God! <laughs> All right, um, bro. I was. I had to watch the second half of that Utah Washington state game. And no, you then didn't it felt, then it felt like I lost the money, which I never had. It was yeah. brutal. Cam rising is awesome. I, I want to throw that out again. He had a third and 13. He, he, he looked hurt still. He had a third and 13 at one point in the second half. And he took like a seven step drop. The pocket collapsed on him and he turned it into a 26 yard run. I love him rising. He is. Yeah, he, he, he definitely is. And, but, but that knee going to get put to a test this weekend though. For sure. Because he is not going to beat Oregon without using his legs. No. Oh, and that's another note. So we, we will get to the games for this weekend. Um, And we will start, I guess, with that Utah-Oregon game. Yeah. That's 10.30 ESPN. Yeah. Now, Bo Nix is on the mend. There Mm -hmm. is a possibility for a Ty Thompson start. I don't think that he does start, but there is definitely a possibility. He's taking reps in practice way more than he usually would. The Ty Thompson uh, NCAA showcase game? To see who's gonna go after him in the portal. <laughs> the end yes, of the year. exactly, exactly, exactly. Because Oregon is going to do everything that they can to retain Bo Nix for next year, right? Which which they should. Which will put him in the DTR category of having like a thousand career college starts yep. legally because twenty twenty doesn't count. Yep. Which he got to play in the SEC, so it's not like he even got the shortened season. Yes, Pac twelve got. Yep, he got a whole season. Right. He threw 360 passes in 2020. So who do you so who do you have in this game? Oregon, Utah. Oregon. I have Oregon. Okay. Um, I think sometimes it's helpful to uh, lose. Utah's actually favored, by the way, by a point and a half. Yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. two points. Two now. now. Yeah. No, this 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 line continues to move. So Oregon opened up a favorite. I think that because the Bo Nix thing, because yes. the over-under being 60 is wild to me. Like, I would hammer that over if Bo Nix was playing, and I would take or, or, uh, Oregon plus two if I knew Bo Nix was going to play. Um, I think this is the game where Bucky Irving finally gets in the end zone, and he stops being uh, Kilmer's workhorse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you caught that reference. Yeah. 831 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Yeah, He's yeah, like the Miles Sanders of the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah, because they 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 give it to Jordan James on the goal line, 
or no Noah Whittington runs it in from uh, distance. Like he's the dude who does all the work and <laughs> doesn't doesn't get the payoff. <laughs> um, uh, I also think this could be when Bonex plays. This will he'll cross three thousand yards, which would be really cool. I I just I think that uh, I think that losing heading into this game is actually. It sounds counterintuitive, but I think it gives Oregon the opportunity to make some adjustments. Um, yes. Utah's still a really good team, but, and I know that I, you, it feels like after this last weekend when UCLA and Oregon both lost at home, that the home field thing goes away. I still think it's as strong as ever. I wouldn't bet against it two weeks in a row. I have Oregon plus two. Yeah. And they are going to, Oregon is making some significant changes. I will just say that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Colorado versus Washington. Upset alert. Lies. This I'm line joking. this I'm line joking. is minus 31. Yeah, yeah, that's how much the Oregon line was. And Oregon Man. covered. So what do you think? Well, unless Colorado just runs the football, because mm-hmm. because here here's the thing about Washington. Washington is going to be beat up this week, especially on defense, because that was a slobber knocking that, that, that happened to them in the Oregon game. Like their defensive line, linebacker safeties are going to be beat up this week. They're they're standing in the secondary and they had an injury. 
do not think that Colorado will win this game. No chance. But I do think that they cover this 31, though. I think they cover the 31. Washington's on a four-game win streak. They've won by 10, 7, 3, and 3. Yep. Their their defense is not – even their two losses were were close. And they blew out Stanford. They blew out Stanford and Kent Kent State as well. And that that was by 18 and 25. 31 is a lot. Yes. Especially for a team that doesn't, that every single time Colorado would put points on the board, you'd, you'd have to reset and try to get, you know, <laughs> to beat them by 31. So 31 is a lot. Uh, I think 24 is probably way more appropriate. I'm on yes. Colorado as well. Yep. USC, UCLA. Ugh. USC is now favored by two and a half points. At UCLA. Mm -hmm. If UCLA beat Arizona, UCLA would have been favored in this game. Yeah. This is a styles make fights game. The thing that USC struggles at, USC is really good at. USC struggles with a quarterback who can run and a running game who just runs you over, and that's what UCLA does. There's no chance that they stop Zach Charbonnet from going over 150 yards. It ain't happening. This is a DTR 100-yard game, too. UCLA wins this game. It is going to be a shootout, though. Yeah, USC just continues to protect the football. And I know you said... <laughs> we, you said Caleb Williams interception, but like that's a joke, right? Yeah. Like we're he's at his current two year total is fifty two touchdown passes to six interceptions. Yeah, he just doesn't throw the ball to the other team very often, which is incredible because he is not the most accurate quarterback after he does his uh, whirly bird. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen him one hop so many balls after he tires himself out back in the pocket. But when he's got his feet set, God dang, he's deadly. I'm going to go against you. I don't know why. I don't have an explanation for it. I'll just pick USC just because. But I do believe <laughs> everything. You said. I believe everything you said. Everything you said. I think. Char- but Charbonnet went off last week and they lost. So if you if UCLA can't generate a turnover. Yes, then I think I give the edge to the Trojans. And so I'll and I still want some of that playoff money. So give me the Trojans. (laughs) Hey, well, hey, well, the uh, you can want that playoff money all you want to. But USC (laughs) beating UCLA, Notre Dame and potentially Oregon back to back to back weeks or Utah back to back to back weeks. That sounds like a tall task, buddy. So what happens? What happens if Utah wins and UCLA wins? Then where are we at? Oh my God. Then we have to wait till the next week. Right. Where because UCLA plays Cal. And then you have Oregon play Oregon State, because then that actually factors in Washington potentially at that point in point in time. But then Utah has another Pac 12 game. It it's it's a disaster if that happens. It, but if you USC get into wins, the tiebreaker scenarios, in. yes. So if USC wins and Oregon wins, then we know who. Yes. Correct. Then we'll already know going into next week. We'll have the Pac-12 championship decided before 
before the week 13? Uh, no, 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 no. Really? Correct. Because there are scenarios where Oregon could still get in, but if they lose, right, then that play, if they lose, if they beat Utah and then lose to Oregon State, that brings in scenarios where Washington could get in, UCLA, wait, no, oh no, God. UCLA would be toast at that point because they would have three conference losses. Um, but Washington would have Washington State at the end of the season. Correct. And would they have the tiebreaker? Um, head to Oregon? head versus Oregon. But there, there's so many tie tiebreakers. There's there's head to head. Then there's uh, opponent head to head. It, okay. it it gets it gets in the woods. So Oregon has to win twice. USC just has to win once. Yes, because USC doesn't have another Pac-12 game left. They play Notre Dame. Right. But if seven. USC loses to UCLA, they're there. It's a whole mess. Oh, if, if USC loses to UCLA. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. So it's definitely not as cut and dry as I made it out to be. Correct. But, but USC is the one team at the moment that feels like they control their destiny. Yes. Well, no, well, all, well, Oregon and USC control their own de- destiny. When are you in? And so does Utah. And so does UCLA. Sorry. Utah does what, not control their so own. The, so the only, <laughs> the only team, I'm glad we're being super helpful to everybody who's listening right now. The only team that needs help is Washington. Washington needs help. Um, Washington needs a ton of help. There's really only like one scenario that they can get in. But... Um, yeah, but if so, UCLA if UCLA goes to seven and two by beating USC and Cal, they would own the tiebreaker over Utah. Okay, hold up. And USC. Thank you. I, I just found the scenarios. Okay. 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 So if Lord have mercy, it took t- took me a minute to find it. So if Oregon, if Oregon beats Utah, UCLA beats. USC, right? Mm-hmm. And then in week 13, actually under under any scenarios, right? <clears throat> and then Oregon beating. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Under under any scenarios, if Oregon and USC win this weekend, okay? Right. Oregon gets into the Pac-12 championship. It's just a matter of whether they're the one seed or the two seed, okay? Okay. But Washington has a chance if Washington wins this weekend and wins the Apple Cup and Cal beats UCLA. Okay. And I would assume Washington would be rooting for USC this weekend to ultimately have it be a USC Washington matchup because that would give them. Okay. Correct. Correct. So like that Washington is a is a combination USC Utah fan right now. Yes, yeah, so there's only one possible scenario that Washington gets in. That is Oregon and USC winning in week 12. And then Washington beating Washington State in week 13 in addition to this weekend against Colorado. And then they need Cal to beat UCLA, okay? Right. So that's their shot. Now, if Oregon and UCLA win this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
and then Oregon and then Oregon beats Oregon State. Then yes, and then UCLA beats Cal. <laughs> that this puts mess. Oregon versus Utah, okay? So so Oregon versus Utah happens if UCLA beats USC. And then you, yeah. Oh, so UCLA. <laughs> this is so this confusing, is bro. Terrible okay. podcast. Let's just let's just put it this way: if USC beats UCLA, they're in. That's all we know. Yeah. Yes. Correct. That's it. We don't know anything else. Correct. They're either the okay. one or the two seed. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then if Oregon wins. Against Utah, they're pretty much in in almost every scenario, aside from losing to Oregon State and Washington winning out. No, it has nothing to do with Washington. Washington, so Oregon has to head to head. Head to head won't come into play if Washington is seven and two in the Pac-12 with a win over Oregon. Correct. Really? Yes. Because they lost to, come to play yeah, because they because they lost to Arizona State and the way the tiebreakers work, so it it's a very complicated Whoa. scenario. But the the teams that have the best chances to get in with with losing, right? Mm-hmm. Oregon has opportunities to get in if they lose. Okay, yeah. USC has no chances to get in if they lose. Okay, okay. Utah is going to the Pac-12 championship if they beat Oregon, okay? Okay. Pretty much no matter what happens the next week. But they could be playing Oregon if Oregon then beats Oregon State and UCLA beats USC, okay? Mm-hmm. So hopefully that was simple enough for you guys. That The end of it helped. I, the middle of it, I think we made things worse. It's like trying to untie shoes and then you make a big knot and then you just have to cut them in half. Yeah, so that's what happened. Um, All right, so what games have we we we've talked about Washington, Colorado. We've talked about Utah, Oregon. We've talked about USC, UCLA. So that puts us on what Stanford, Cal, Cal yes. minus five. Yes, Cal. How are you only a five point favorite versus Stanford? Okay, so maybe the weirdness of the rivalry, but yeah, this shouldn't be it, the combined two wins in the Pac-12 is insanity. The Bay Area is down between that and and Gold State Warriors being zero and eight on the road. Yikes. Yeah, but I'm not worried about Golden State though. Okay. I mean, how, how how could you be? Oh, and I and I meant to tell you earlier that your sons are gonna pay for for all the shit talking that they that they've been doing against the Warriors. Just just if so McK- you know, no, they're gonna pay no, when it matters the most. No, fine. That's fine for anybody except Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, it doesn't count as shit talking. It's just fun and cute. You Mm-mm. don't get to nope. you don't get to count anything Mikhail Bridges does. As nope, we'll he is. He later. is on the. He's on the list now, buddy. He's no, he pay. is not. Yes, he no, is. he is. I'm not. telling you, he's on it's the like list. It's like a little. It's like a little baby lion trying to do its roar. You can't get mad at it. It's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm telling you, he is on the list. All right, uh, he wasn't even talking shit to Clay Thompson. He was. He was messing with his his former no. uh, teammate. Nope. All right, whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Stanford in this game. Because David Shaw is going to make it hard to fire him. That's why. 
harder. They're not even competitive. I so you count. think they've quit? No, I think they're not good enough to compete as, as coaches or players. Ooh, ooh. That's a tough one, bro. But they beat Notre Dame. Pretty weird. <laughs> I know. That, and ASU this, without that, scoring a touchdown. Them, them beating Notre Dame is like them beating Oregon last year. Yeah. You're like, how? This, this line, that's why this line feels like so baity. Like this line is going to bilk people out of millions of dollars. Yes. <laughs> Who are yes. like, Cal minus five, get, pay me. Yep. And it would have bilked me too. All right. How is it that Jaden Ott has 139 carries for 745 yards, but with like three massive stinkers thrown in there? Bro, because they won't run the they won't run the football consistently. All of it came against Arizona. Like 650 yep. of the 740 yards came against Arizona. All right. Washington State at Arizona. This game's on Pac-12 Network, which is just malpractice. Why? Because because it it actually like there's they did the WWE promo and the Pac-12 Network's not even going to be able to take advantage of it. It's a 4 and 6 team versus a 6 and 4 team. It's a four and sixteen versus a six and four team where one quarterback transferred from one school to another, and the former head coach of the six and four team is rooting for the four and six team and is planning on being at the game. Well, you the pack you, you already and you know have what the pack well ESPN to pack I mean Fox and ESPN. I guess right. I guess we could have got an FS one game too. Right, and that that would have been nice because what the Pac-12 network isn't going to do is they're not going to promote this nonsense. Mm -mm. Nope. nope. And they should. They should. If this game was on Fox, oh my gosh. Oh, they they'd probably would be... send Clay Travis out to sit in the crowd and interview Rolovich during the game. <laughs> oh, they absolutely would. You are 100% <laughs> right about that. All right. Um, who do you have in the game? Uh. I'm I'm rooting for Arizona. I'm rooting for Arizona too. I am because I, it makes the, it makes the territorial cup that much more interesting. And if if ASU can stop U of A from going to a bowl and extend their 2200 day streak of of having the territorial cup, that would be fascinating. I don't want the game to mean nothing. You know, it'll always mean oh, something. Yeah, but if, it's a if it means game. something with trying to keep Arizona out of a bowl game, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. All right, yeah. so I'm so I, I think I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the storyline, and also like I, I'm, I'm trying to get myself proven right after I talk crap about Dickert and them not running the ball for two weeks. They've looked really good. Yes, dude, they the run the ball game, like so. thirty some thirty or more times in both weeks. <laughs> ah, they right. listen to you. They're like ah. Right. Shut up, bro. All right, last game of the week. We have, well, not last game chronologically, but the last game we're talking about. Um, Oregon State at Arizona State. Mm -hmm. Oregon State favored by eight points. The game is in Tempe. Oregon State hasn't won in Tempe in like 8,000 years. But right. Arizona State is down, down. Like, they're down bad right now. Yeah. So, uh, give me... The Beavs, but not by eight points. I think the Beavs are going to win, but Arizona State, like that, Oregon State's going to have to like, you know, win on a on a on a on a Jack on a Miles Pepper Jack 
touchdown or two point <laughs> conversions. Yeah, what a bizarre season it would be for Arizona State to um, to have two wins against ranked teams at home and potentially win the Territorial Cup, and for everyone to think that this year is a complete disaster. Uh, give me Arizona State, although the way that Oregon State has been running the ball, they might not even need to go. Oh, to the uh, air. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that worries me a little bit. Xavier Valley is going to cross a thousand yards in this game. He's been super, super slept on. Uh, and, and Oregon State's freshman running back is. And I think Oregon State's good enough to where they're not going to lose players that 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 flash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the I, port- I, at least I believe I that. I hope too. not. If, if so, um, it won't be more than one. But eight wins, eight wins going into the game formerly known as the Civil War. Uh, would be awesome as well. So yes. we'll see. Yep. All right. Uh, you guys, I'm George Reister. He is Ralph Amsden, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. Peace out. Catch you guys next week. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.